Welcome everybody to Holy Rollers, your elevator to heaven. I am your host, Crippled Jesus, and with me today is a very special guest, uh, Miss Sarah Starr. How you doing, Hello. Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Um, do you like, uh, first let me ask, do you like porn star? What's the proper term? Um, porn star, adult performer... Um, all of those things kind of fall into. The, I always thought sex yeah. worker was weird because you're not really a prostitute. I've heard people say sex worker, but I always thought that was weird because porn is different than. Well, they they lump us all together now because they they kind of like some sense of like solidarity because it's like well. You know, people who some people who work in porno also do escort, so there's some crossover. So really? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's some crossover, and when it comes down to, um, not legalization versus, um, I'm trying to think of the other word, but you know, kind of making things more legal. They they kind of like to lump everyone together. So just saying sex workers or people who work in the sex work field. So it, it just kind of lumps everyone together. So let me ask, um, how, how do uh, porn stars, how are they able to be escorts? Like, how does that go down? Honestly, I, I don't do it so... I can't speak on that very much. I do know some who do, and they just, they're very rigorous about how they screen their clients. And I, you know, they take their own safety precautions. Well, I'm, I'm in favor of legalizing prostitution, so hopefully it happens. But I, I thought that they were... A porn star and a prostitute. I thought it was separate entities. I didn't know about the crossover. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes it collides because some people in the, some people in the film industry also will go and work at a brothel in Nevada. Oh yes, legal, you know I where think, it is completely legal. So yeah, you know that way they know, like, hey, I'm, you know, this is all legal. It's all fine. You know, they're they're completely, you know, protected or as best as they can be. And then others have their own system for, you know, just kind of doing it in the mainstream world. All right. Uh, well, I'm learning a lot today. Um, my other question. I have for you. I have a bunch of them, but my first one is, uh, we're in the age of Corona now. So what is it like to shoot porn during the whole virus lockdown and stuff? Do you have to like do scenes with masks on? It is zero fun. We're actually on, I guess what you'd call like a soft moratorium. So we have a a thing that's called the FSC pass. So that is kind of our testing system and a board that is very concerned about our safety. And they have asked for people to not perform with anyone outside of your household. 
so right now I am literally only performing with myself, which, <laughs> which is not the most um, engaging, you know, like I, I'm not working with anyone else right now. So it's just me doing solo stuff. Um, and I, I have shot some stuff in a mask because it's topical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have seen on the front page, I have seen these videos that have millions of views and it's uh, chicks with masks on. So I, oh, I wondered yeah. if that was a rising trend. Well, and, and that's been like masks and gloves. That's been a long time fetish for a lot of people. So now they're just like, wow, it, everyone's filming my fetish. And, you know, they never knew. So, you know, for those people, they're super excited because everyone's filming their fetish. But, you know, for us, we're, we're like, okay, you know, let's be safe. Let's respect the, you know, the no film rule. We're like, okay, how can we be creative? And it's like, well, this is this is what's going on. So I'm going to throw a mask on and masturbate and talk about how I, I miss having sex with people. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of um, fetishes, I am a cr- crippled person, as you could probably tell by my name. It's not stolen valor. I am actually a cripple. And I do notice there's what's called a, um, they call it a caregiver fetish, I believe. And I've had a chick actually say that she wants to, like, shower me and do my laundry and that kind of stuff. Um, how popular is Ripple the Porn? That, I've never researched where it, like, ranks in popularity, but there there's a fetish for everything so yeah that's something that it's one of those what is it called rule 37 or rule 42 like if you can think of it someone will watch it and yeah that is absolutely a thing you know there's there's stuff you know people are into crutches and casts and amputeeism and braces and just all kinds of things where on one hand you know you have that empathy of like wow isn't that kind of exploiting a situation and on the other hand you're like it's kind of fascinating and now maybe i want to watch this (laughs) well i just know like in my life i've gotten offers from women where they would like say oh i'll shower you that's just on tinder and i know you're in the porn industry so I, i wondered like, if I were to start, let's say I started an OnlyFans, how much uh, money do you think I could make? That's a tough one. I mean, it's possible, especially if you have already have like a following of people who are interested in you that you could make some money. There's a guy on Twitter. Um, oh, gosh, what's his name? It's I think it's like Anthony Gerza or his definitely starts with a his first name starts with an A and his last name starts with a G and he is a disabled performer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's very out and, you know, he's, he's wheelchair bound and he primarily, um, I believe he's a gay performer, but he's very open about, 
what he does and what he's into and what he's trying to do. And so, yeah, he, it's an interesting, like reading his tweets and stuff is really interesting because it's like, oh, okay, you're, you're really, you're giving this a go and you have a lot of ideas and you want to do things. This is really cool. Well, this is the perfect segue into my next question. I had prepared a bunch of, uh, porn star names for myself and i would like you i have about three or four here i would like you to rate them and then tell me which one is the best in terms of uh just catchiness or monetization or however you would rate a porn star name so i'm gonna read the first one i have is hot wheels all right Hot Wheels. Uh, the next one is Captain Catheter. Okay. Okay. Cerebral Ballsy. Ooh. Oh, you like that one. I'm kind of liking that one. You kind of like that one. Okay. And uh, Tony Tripod. Oh. I kind of like Tony Tripod. Tony Tripod. So you heard it here now, folks. Um, right after this, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. Uh, OnlyFans.com slash Tony Tripod. Tony Tripod. Don- donate however much money you want. <laughs> go, go subscribe. Go get on there. See what happens. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, now, I have heard. I don't know if this is true, but I had heard when I was doing research for this show that there is a beef between the OnlyFans women and the porn stars who are contracted. Is that at all true? I don't know anything about that, actually. No, okay. I was hearing, I was hearing uh, porn stars say, like, People that are featured on Pornhub, they were saying that OnlyFans is dangerous to their income because it allows amateurs to. Oh, well, I mean, that's a a longstanding kind of thing where some people feel that, you know, because there are people who have no experience with the industry at all. Like, um, let's say there's someone who has never really watched porn worked in porn you know they don't know much about the industry at all and now with the virus and people being forced to stay home maybe they got laid off they're like hey i heard all these people are making money on OnlyFans. i'll make one and you know the girl is really cute she's pretty she's doing her thing so yeah she gets really popular and she starts making money and she's popular And yeah, it does for like some of these like, you know, different levels of people or whatever. Some people do get irritated about it. But sometimes it's not so much that they're worried about their own money. A lot of times it's more that they're worried about people who don't know exactly what they're getting into. Because once you put something on the Internet, it's there forever. So, um... When you say, like, what you're getting into, what do you mean by that? Like, do you think they're not ready to be porn stars? I think some people who are starting, say, like, an OnlyFans or they're throwing videos out there, 
they kind of, they have this idea of like, okay, I'm just going to do this during the, you know, call it a coronacation, you know, corona vacation or whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it until I go back to work. And then all of this will go away. And, oh, okay. And, so right. There's a lot of part-timers, in other words. And they don't really think about the fact that, like, maybe one of their old co-workers will see this or their neighbor, you know, a best friend's husband. And it could change their their relationships with friends or family. And that might not be something they're prepared for. So, like, right now it's super fun and they're making money, but they might not be prepared for the repercussions of what they're doing. So, when you say uh, mess up the relationship with friends and family, have you ever had that? Like, do people shame you for being a porn star? I've had a couple. Like, I've had a few people who are like, oh, so you're you're doing that, you know, because I've had people who've stumbled upon it and... You know, I've had some people where it was like a boyfriend found it and the girl was really kind of upset. I've had other people who were like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I had no idea you were doing that because, you know, it's not like I just go around telling everyone I know, like, hey, by the way, I've been doing porno for a long time. So, Oh, I would do that. <laughs> I would totally do that, by the way. I would tell every living soul that I'm so, doing yeah, porno. You know, it's one of those things where there were times where it was kind of a mixed bag, you know, and it's like having to explain like, hey, just because I, you know, professionally suck dick on camera doesn't mean I want to go like bang your husband. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make it work that way. <laughs> well, it's like it's kind of like in my industry, too, where everybody will tell you that they have a podcast because oh. anybody can do a podcast. Right. So I would imagine that um, after a while, it would get annoying telling people that you have a, that you do porn, right? It would get irritated well, and, by it. And people get a lot of different ideas about it because they, they think like, oh, so you just bang everybody. And it's like, no, I'm not just walking around having sex with anyone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. an interesting, there, there's a lot of stigma about people in porn that some people don't understand. You know, they're like, oh, porn stars are dirty. And I'm like, actually, we get tested for, for STIs more than anyone. <laughs> well, no, the one question I had that I was hoping you would clarify is, um, does, because you have sex professionally, right? So when you bang in a non-professional setting, is that boring to you? No, not really, because it's different. Like, okay, so I guess we, we would call it, so on-set sex would be like professional sex, and then normal sex would be like pedestrian sex. So when I have sex with someone that I'm interested in on just a normal pedestrian level, like that's still really fun because it's not, there aren't cameras there. I'm not thinking about like, Oh, is my body position correctly is, you know, can the camera catch everything it needs to? Does my face look stupid? So I'm not having to think about all these little things that would normally come up during film sex. Oh, I wondered, um, I always wondered that, 
like if you were dating a porn star, I would wonder if you as the man would have like less value because they get bored of you. No, Is I that think, No, I think you know, and I mean like obviously I can't speak for other people, but you know, I think that when you have like recreational sex off camera, it's it's actually nicer because you're not having to overthink all of the things that are happening on a set, you know, where you're like, okay, we've been in this position for this long. I guess we got to change now or, you know, like, wait, where's the camera? Because <laughs> sometimes like you're on set, you're having such a good time that you will forget where the camera is. And then you're like, wait, where'd the camera go? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so that is the interview part of the podcast. Now, as you know, we we are a full functioning church, and we provide people with the gospel every week. Do you have a sermon that you would I, like to present? I do have a sermon. Fantastic. Um, I guess it's a little odd. It's an odd one, but yeah, I've got a I got something to share. <laughs> Go go ahead. We we take any viewpoints on this podcast. So I, I gotta talk about bra science as as a woman who is a bit busty, bra science makes zero sense. Bra, bra science? So yes. this is like the sizes behind the bra or yes. the Yes, the sizing, okay. the manufacturing because there's no single um, source. You know, every maker makes them just a little bit different. There's UK sizing versus US sizing, which is totally different. And it makes it impossible for, you know, once you get over a certain size to find bras that fit correctly at all. So you're just in this very, very hazy area of, you know, not being able to find anything in a store because most stores will stop at, you know, still those normal, maybe you might get up to like an H in a store, which is still pretty big. Like, that's So what, what size is too big, like for people that don't know? Well, I mean, I never want to say that something's too big because well, I you mean, know, like you're saying, okay, like so, so stores, like you're really so your big, big, big box stores will maybe go up to like a triple D, maybe an F. So they kind of stop in that range, which is oh yeah. okay because and I then, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that listen to this that are tent man as well but i consider myself a tent man that being said i don't know all the science behind well, the bra sizes and whatnot well you're gonna learn about some bra sizes oh so, yeah, fantastic so big 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 box stores will stop you know like a triple d and f some specialty stores kind of tap out around like an h which that's a pretty big like that's big titties and then you can go to like a custom kind of store that may go up to like a J or what they might call a K, but it's not quite there. And then you, you know, so now you're like, okay, so this is where I'm maxed out. And I have learned through, you know, the miracles of measurement and Amazon purchases 
that the difference, like splitting the difference in a UK size, I am like a 38.0, which makes oh, me, wow. right? Which may, But in US sizes, that makes me kind of a 38K, which is so really- the the biggest uh, pair of boobs that I've ever seen is an H. Is that where does that fall on the scale? Is it alphabetical order? It is alphabetical order. Now, if you want to see like super mega boobs, there's a woman. Her name is Norma Sitz. I do. She's... We all want to see. Okay, well, sure. Norma Sitz is a performer. And she has, I forget what the around measurement is, but she's a triple Z. She has these huge, beautiful, natural mega titties. And she's a wonderful woman. I don't know how she manages all of that. Um, you know, I, I see, I don't think she's ever, obviously she's ever just like, purchased a bra off a rack i know anything she's had has had to be custom made because her boobs are enormous Uh, i'm just gonna write that down real quick so (laughs) i don't forget it yep norma sits Um, all right Uh, she is an amazing woman she's she's there's a lot of back pain that comes with that well, not right. That's a whole other thing. So, you know, when you're in a position of having big boobs, it's like, okay, well, do you go and like look at a reduction? And then it's like, well, but this is part of like how I make money. Like people enjoy my boobs. So, you know, the the whole fight to find bras <laughs> <laughs> and then to find pretty bras to film in is impossible. So I'm stuck with this like white, black, or beige kind of. Oh, so you get, oh, I understand now. You're getting grandma bras. That's yes. yes. Oh, that that's terrible. Yes, it's so hard to find anything that's even attractive. Because speaking I, from a man perspective, I think the least attractive bra color that you could possibly get is beige. <laughs> Because that makes everybody like, uh, think of. That makes me think of the time where Grandma would do laundry and her bra would be out on the bed. That's not arousing right? at all. So, like, I go and I take my shirt off, and it's just this big beige massacre <laughs> on my chest. Like, that's not sexy, unless you know that's the fetish that someone's into, and that's fine. But as far as like trying to seduce someone in a video, like, hey. I'm young and I'm sexy and I'm hot. That's not what I. That's not the look I'm going for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the inverse is I've got like cram my boobs into a smaller bra, which is not comfortable, but achieves the look I'm going for. So, beauty well, that's is a <laughs> that's a great sermon, and not only not only does it affect uh, women. It also affects men because we love boobs. So everybody should relate to that. Yep. Le- be, be nice to the boobs. We, we're just trying to take care of them here. <laughs> um, mine is not as nearly as big of an issue, but I have a problem with sunscreen. Now, we're out of lockdown. 
so there's not much I can do. But lately, I've been taking it back to elementary school, and I've been going outside and playing stickball. And my mom is huge on sunscreen, and I don't know why. I think sunscreen is a why. And the reason I say that is, is because anything that you have to reapply every 30 minutes, I don't think works in the first place. I can agree with that. Because, like, if we're really breaking it down, like, let's say you're on the beach, right? And you're, you might be on vacation or you might just be laying there. Are you really going to remember to put sunscreen on every 30 seconds? No. Yeah, the the answer is probably no. So I think uh, sunscreen is just basically a scam product that's been pushed on the people. I don't know if there's any science behind it, but I don't believe that it's real. And the way my body tans anyway, it always looks like sunburn. So I'll sit in the sun for like an hour, and I'll come out looking like a lobster, right? But then... It just tans over time. Right. No, I, I So get I don't that. really think sunburn is a big deal either. Okay. No, I can see that. Do you have do you have any thoughts on sunscreen? Um, I've had some of the same problems where, you know, it's like I'm not gonna remember to put this back on and you know, yeah, I'll get the I get red and then the next day it's a pretty pretty nice tan so yeah i have kind of that same problem with it i don't know i tried to find like where it got to be invented like because i i do think it was a marketing thing that just some don draper type guy probably invented to make a company money um i couldn't find how sunscreen was invented. And I also, I don't believe the people that say that sunscreen works because I've seen, I've seen it to where people put on sunscreen and they still come back and burn. So. Yeah. No, I have had that happen. I had put on sunscreen before and still ended up burned. So yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been there. It's, um, And it's crazy because all you can do, I don't know if sunscreen has to be making money, right? Because when you're locked down, I don't know where you are, but um, I'm in Michigan. And they just extended the lockdown here again to May May 28th, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is go outside, right? So I would have to imagine that during all this corona stuff that the sunscreen companies are just making a lot, a lot of money. Probably. They're they're probably definitely cashing in. And uh, I'm here to tell you that big sunscreen is full of shit and you shouldn't buy sunscreen. We've been going for about, I think, about like 20 minutes here. Um, Why don't you tell the people what you're doing? Do you have anything to plug? Well, you know, I'm still I'm I'm still working just the solo version of me. I'm not 
filming with anyone else right now, but I'm still actively working. So, you know, they can, they can find all, all of my stuff. Um, that's by myself, but also all of my previous stuff that's with other people. Um, the easiest way to find it all is via allmylinks.com slash Sarah Star. And that will have everything so they can find my Twitter and Instagram and all the different sites that I do. So, so um, let me ask you this. Because I, I did have a question and then just popped up. When you do a site, right? Like, let's say you do a deal with Pornhub. Is there royalties? So with Pornhub, that is more... So you post your content and you make money per click or for sale. So you can sell content and you get money for viewers. So, so it's like a commission-based... Right, right. So I'm okay. not... Now they they do have like they have Asa Kira who is a Pornhub model like she is a contract girl for Pornhub and I have no idea how much money she but you know that is her job she is basically an ambassador and their person and you know that is that is her thing she is everything Pornhub so um, what um this will be the last question we end on, probably. So, with all the free time on everyone's hand, anybody can start OnlyFans, right? And I'm about yeah. to now, now that we established the name. So, right. for starters, what what best way is to make money? Like, do you sell direct? direct? Like, how? So, with OnlyFans, it's memberships. So, you know, it's, okay. yeah, so it's, it's a monthly membership. So it's mostly, it's making sure that you're posting regularly and engaging with your members and just being active on your membership page. So it's, uh, Instagram, Sarah Star, right? XOXO Sarah Star. XOXO Sarah Star. Uh, check that out, everybody. And also... Subscribe to my new OnlyFans, uh, tri- Tripod Tony. There we go. This has been an episode of Holy Rollers, and until next week, keep sending sinners. in the hot joints, taking the pill. In walked the sheriff from Jericho Hill. He said, Willie Lee, your name is not Jack Brown. You're the dirty hoppy chacha woman down.